0: We love big tits. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. I I'm
1: love them. Here with a link. I love I big tits.
2: No idea. <laughs> I love. I didn't that. know you were, but
3: I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. Two six seven. 22 Jiggy
1: Daddy honey. Hey
3: Jiggy, what's happening, man? Must <laughs> be that to uh, that David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar.
2: J- it's a great day, man. Thanks for having on the show. Presenting, I'm, I'm Mike Massey and uh, you know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thanks very much.
3: Jiggy Jaguar I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours.
1: Okay, let's do this. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. It is the Interesting addition today. It is the iHeart Radio program. We're taping right now. Uh, we are doing a special series of tapes. If you're joining us on the stream today, thank you. If you're Access TV listening to see if I will talk about the lawsuit, thank you. Welcome to the World Famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast, coast to coast to border to border on I iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app, available in the App Store, US, and there's my morning deuce for everybody, I just, uh, I just put that out there for the world, I put it out there for the world, as they say world radio network. I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that means. But, uh, what is all this? A lot of shenanigans going on in the world around us. Welcome to the world famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast, coast to coast, border to border, tune in, iTunes, radio loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand new. Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, jiggyjaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24 7 replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available. Ladies and gentlemen, our fantastic, fantastic app. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Great new Indiegogo campaign has been uh, launched. As you see on your screen there, for television viewers, Indiegogo.com. Look at that. i got to take my pills. Indiegogo.com. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. President Trump bobblehead for your car dashboard. That's right. We've got a Trump bobblehead to entertain you at home or on your travels. Gainer Wilson from Miami, Florida has launched this campaign. It is absolutely amazing. Check out i n d i e g o g o dot com. Search President Trump bobblehead for your car asthma. They're looking for some funding. Go help them and check them out today. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. Check it out today. Okay. Now that, that sponsor's out of the way, we will get to our actual uh, content of the show today. Uh, Gabrielle Boucher is going to join us here in a few moments. She is uh, an uh, interesting individual. We've had her on the broadcast before with Jay Izzo, and uh, Jay liked her a lot, and I think Jay will like her a lot. And uh, if you're joining us, welcome to the amazing iHeartRadio amfm247.com Tune in iTunes Radio Loyalty as well I always enjoy saying Radio Loyalty I don't know why but I do it's kind of weird I don't know why but it kind of is Gabrielle Boucher is going to be our guest here in just a few moments as soon as I can Round up her telephone number and uh, get her on the program with us. She's going to be with us along with the fantastic, talented, and always entertaining J. Bird Wells. And, uh, thanks for joining us. I've just got to find to make sure that that is the right frickin' phone number. Because I sense that it is not. And look at that. I was right. It is not. (laughs) I would have called some random person and they'd have been like, what in the world? Who is this? And I'd have been like, is this Jigman Freud? And I'd have been like, who? And I'd have been... correct. What is this? I'm getting a call. Good morning, this is James.
4: James, it's Kevin in Chicago with the Financial Literacy Interview. How are you?
1: Pretty good, actually. How are you, my friend?
4: Wow, wow, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> great. Um, I wanted to uh, just get a little bit of information from you. Okay. If you don't mind, uh, how long is your interview slated for?
1: Yeah, it's probably going to be, I'd say, five, ten minutes.
4: Oh, okay, great. And uh, do you are you coming to us live?
1: No, we will air this uh, this afternoon.
4: Okay. Uh, do you know around what time?
1: 2 p.m. Right? Central.
4: 2 p.m. Central, okay, perfect. And you're taping on your end, right? Yes, indeed. Okay, perfect. Right, very good. Well, if you don't have any questions for me, um, Doyle is in the interview right before yours uh, that actually just got underway. So I could probably disconnect with you, and then our, I'll have our audio engineer. or I'll call you back in a few minutes, and we'll get our Not a
1: problem. You call me when you can, my friend. You call me when you can. <laughs> Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. it. Okay. I don't know what the hell that was, but we are going to call Gabrielle Boucher and get her in here. And then get Jaybird Bird Wells in here. And then we'll talk about millennials and do they care about their privacy. That is what we will do. Hopefully. Hopefully. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we won't. You've reached the voicemail box of Gabrielle Beauchet. Gabrielle
4: Beauchet.
5: My apologies for missing your call. The best way to get a hold of me is to text
4: me at this phone number, 916
1: Ah, don't give out your number on
4: three. the air. At the tone, please record your message. Don't do when that, you finish honey. recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.
1: Gabrielle, it is James Lowe with uh, KJ Radio, iHeartRadio, giving you a call for your radio interview. Sorry we missed you. Uh, our number, 620-402-0878. Thank you. So that is Gabrielle Boucher. She is nowhere to be found. So we will go to this to fill the time
6: the midwest from chicago to new orleans we have five albums out uh, our sixth album is coming out uh november i'm sorry uh, march 31st called uh uh, uh viola Organista: the macabre carnival and uh we just played a show last night with icon for hire uh internationally known band and we're getting a lot more a festival coming up and uh i hope you're going to hear about us here pretty darn soon
1: fantastic well we've got, got right we've got Chris Oley like with great. us today as well. Chris, jump in there. I know you've been preparing for this interview. I know you got some questions for. Well, it. yeah. Um, I, I, do, I
5: do have some questions. Uh first of all, I want to say uh congratulations to uh to uh, a great uh show last night. Uh I've been uh, reading all the social media. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, make it there, Scott, and uh and and due to uh uh extenuating circumstances right now um but sure. uh sure. i definitely want to uh i do want to hook up uh you know and and catch some uh, live music some uh some weekend or maybe you know even even maybe a private session during one of your uh one of your uh practices or something you know that would
4: But one in we're going to be speaking with james for about 10 minutes
7: right, and he could say hello to james million dollars uh James, Doyle Williams here.
1: Good morning, Doyle. How are you, sir?
7: I am great.
1: Well, uh, first of all, give us a little bit on your background so folks kind of have a little bit of uh, knowledge of who we're speaking with
7: here today. Yeah, I'm uh, Executive Vice President at Country Financial based in Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, I've been with with Country 36 years.
1: Wow. Holy smokes. It is... uh, Started right out of college. <laughs> Fantastic. We have got uh, Doyle Williams with us today here in our broadcast, Coast to Coast, Border to Border. He is a uh, going to be helping us with Money Smart Week. And are you financially prepared for dips in the market? A new study from Country Financial Security Index reveals about half of Americans, 52%, feel financially prepared. Yet surprisingly, only 28% have a financial plan in place. With us here today, of course, is talk tips and financial literacy is doyle williams and uh, doyle first of all tell us about money smart week and some of the financial literacy tips our viewers can use
7: yeah money smart week is april 21st to the 28th it's part of financial literacy month uh and it's all around education uh to american people around financial items you know just the basics of uh financial security uh it's it's sometimes overwhelming to people, and the idea is to help provide some, some basic understanding of, of um, market terms and, and uh, basic education. So um, probably more important today than uh, has been uh, maybe in the recent past because of market volatility, and, and that was our survey that you just uh, referred to. We asked the American people, were they prepared for uh, a 6,000-point drop in the Dow? And as you point out, half of them said yes, and, uh, and yet 25% um, indicated they, uh, they didn't have a plan, which reminded me of the, of, of, uh, the, the quote, um, everyone has a plan uh, until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and, uh,
4: and,
7: and I think that, that was really the concern is, yes, everyone says they're ready. Half of, half of Americans say they're ready, yet they have no plan. So one of the basic things is understanding your risk tolerance. Can, can you stay in the market if uh, the market moves against you? And that's, that's really what we were trying to, uh, to address.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, iHeartRadio, AM, FM, 24 com. Tune in, iTunes Radio Loyalty. Doyle Williams with us today. And uh, we are talking about uh, all sorts of things. It's Money Smart Week. There's a brand-new study out there. And uh, Doyle Williams with us today to uh Kind of help us break this down. And, um, Doyle, one of the things I, I want to know about is what are some s- simple tips Americans can take to better manage their savings, make a financial plan?
7: Yeah, um, it's really pretty simple. Number one, have a budget. Know where you're spending your your money. Um, just write it down for a week or two where, where money goes. I think most people will be surprised uh, how some of the little expenditures uh, they're making Add up, and by by identifying them, they'll find some savings that they can do. Number two, to fund an emergency, uh, some type of emergency fund, and that's important because oftentimes that unexpected expense, uh, you know, the medical emergency, the car breakdown, whatever it may be, derails their retirement savings plan. So if they have that emergency fund, then they can stick with their plan, stay in the market, and then the third. Is don't be overwhelmed. Get started. Do something today. It, it's not that complicated.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live now. Wh- why don't most people have a financial plan? I,
7: I think, uh, in essence, they're overwhelmed. They're just getting you know. Uh, oh, I don't want to take the time to write these things down. Uh, with some of the um, the online tools that are available to track your expenses, it's easier than it's ever been. Look, well, but it it's just intimidating and. And quite frankly, um, they may be hiding from uh, what they know is some uh, uh, unnecessary expenditures. You know, if, if I don't look at it, uh, maybe it's not real.
1: Fantastic. We have got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast. And uh, Doyle has made himself available for us, Dory Williams. He's the EVP of Country Financial, and he's with us today. Now, uh, what are some helpful tips for diversifying assets, preparing for retirement, developing long-term financial strategies, despite the market volatility?
7: Yeah, I think the, the key is to have your goal. What is, what is your retirement goal? And it's not so much, what did I return this quarter or this year, but what am I savings for? What is, what, is, uh, what is that goal? And then you have to look at where you're at in your retirement journey. So somebody that's five years away from their expected retirement has a different risk profile uh, and needs than the uh, 25-year-old that's just getting started. You know, at at the older age, they're uh, closer to retirement, they're going to be more conservative naturally and protect that nest egg because uh, they couldn't take maybe a big hit. Uh, decline right before they they retire. Yet on the other hand, that young person has a whole lifetime in front of them, and they can allocate more of their uh, investment dollars into equities uh, at a little more risk because they have not only a long time in the market, but a long time to recover from any downturn. And what we see, and we saw this in our survey, is oftentimes that, that millennial is more conservative than they need to be and it, I think it's because their nest egg is relatively small, and they don't want to lose what they have, which is understandable. Yet again, they've got a long time uh, to be in the market and grow with the market.
1: We've got a great guest with us today here on iHeartRadio and AMF at 247.com. Tune in iTunes for your loyalty. The EVP of Country Financial, Doyle Williams, joins us here in the broadcast. And uh, where can we get some, uh, some more information and uh, participate in Money Smart Week?
7: I would encourage uh, your guests to go to uh, our website at countryfinancial.com.
1: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, sir. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week.
7: My pleasure, James.
1: Thank you, my friend. There goes Doyle Williams, and uh we are gonna take a brief break here on iHeartRadio, AMFM twenty four seven dot com. Tune in iTunes Radio Loyalty Radio Loyalty as they say I do declare real loyalty And uh Doyle Williams Fantastic Doyle Williams we were supposed to be talking to Gabrielle Boucher, but she's nowhere to be found, so we went to Royal Williams, or Doyle Williams. Or Royal Williams. I guess you could call him Royal Williams. Could do that. Royal Williams. That gotcha. Well, when we come back. We will die uh, I, 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 we'll figure it out. That's all I got.
4: Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house?
1: It's a new year here at the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Show, and we are ramping up for a tremendous, tremendous 2014. We have a lot of things coming up this year. We're doing a lot of television projects, going to be doing a lot of radio as well, and we need your help. Shop our Amazon.com links. You can do all of your shopping through our website at JiggyJaguar.com. That's J-I-G-G-Y, rcom It's as simple as... As clicking on our Amazon link That will take you to Amazon Amazon will still look the same It'll still feel the same You'll still get the same deals We just get a little bit of help Off a commission from Amazon If you do shopping through our link Also, we have our advertising available on fiber.com, as well as many of these other micro sites around the Internet. We have a complete list at our website, JiggyJaguar.com. Recently, we had Dr. Ted Baer on the program talking
7: advertising with us. If they said that our media doesn't have any influence, why would somebody buy an ad? Why would somebody buy an ad on your program? Hey, we don't have any impact. There's no reason for you to sell. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer.
1: So check it out right now. We've got everything available at j-i-g-g-y-j-a-g-u-a-r dot com.
0: Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Transmedia Worldwide.
3: Dan Perkins here for Songs and Stories for Soldiers with your Veterans Tip of the Day. Did you know that the suicide rate for women vets is 12 times that of their sisters in civilian life? Did you know that one in four women vets feel uncomfortable about talking to people about their mental health issues? Did you know almost 600,000 women vets in America are suffering from PTSD? It's time to help. It's time for all of us to encourage our sisters, mothers, and wives to get help by contacting their local VA hospital, clinic, or community-based health care center. So, if you know a woman vet that is suffering, go to va.gov and find their nearest VA facility. This has been Dan Perkins of Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us with your Veterans Tip of the Day.
6: All over the Midwest, from Chicago to New Orleans, we have five albums out. Uh, our sixth album is coming out uh, November. I'm sorry, uh, March 31st, called uh, 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 Viola Organista: The Macabre Carnival. And uh, we just played a show last night with Icon for Hire, uh, internationally known band, and we're getting a lot more a festival coming up. And uh, I hope you're going to hear about us here pretty darn soon.
1: Fantastic. Well, we've That's got right we've got Chris Oley That's with right. us today as well. Chris, jump in there. I know you've been preparing for this interview. I know you got some questions for. Well, us. yeah, um, I do.
5: Do have some questions? Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, congratulations to a uh, to uh, a great. Uh, show last night. Uh I've been uh, reading all the social media. Unfortunately I wasn't able to uh, make it there, Scott, and uh and, and due to uh uh extenuating circumstances right now. Um but sure. uh sure. I definitely want to uh I do want to hook up uh you know and, and catch some uh, live music some uh, some weekend or maybe you know even even maybe a private session during one of your uh one of your uh practices or something, you know. That would be really cool. Um, yeah, we'll make it happen. Right on. Um, so last night, uh, you, you, Icon for Hire uh, is one of your band members has has a, uh, a deep meaning for one of the band members, uh, Liza Jean. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and I was wondering cool. if you could uh, uh, elaborate. And uh, she she was talking about, and she she I read her uh, her letter to uh, on on uh, social media. Uh two icon for hire, you know, uh she thanked them you guys, you guys are very down to earth and that uh um you know, easy to talk to, uh reachable and she uh you know, a lot of times I have uh a deep uh connection with a band's music. Okay. One being uh, one of them being Queens for me, you know, and uh I have a deep connection. With uh, with your songs that that you, that uh, you've shared with me, and uh, oh, wow. one in, yeah uh, one one in particular, uh, which would be the third track, which is uh, uh shoot, Jiggy, help me out. What's the third track's name? <laughs> <laughs> you you
1: you guys you guys do have you guys have some fantastic music, by the way uh we have got oh uh, thank you so much we've got alice sweet alice with us today here on our big broadcast we're gonna be playing some of their music here in a few moments as well um chris i i I know that these guys uh you you got wind of these guys through social media and through some of your contacts up there in the kansas city area uh people are just raving like crazy about these guys
5: yes most definitely um and everybody that I've sh- that i've uh, that i've talked to and i've and i've shared your page with uh or been li- or listening to your to the, the mp3s that you sent me scott uh they they love them i'm a, i'm surrounded by veterans you know uh, I'm, I'm a us wow. Navy veteran. and uh, uh i'm a uh, you know I, I go to the i have a i'm part of a nonprofit uh as well uh for for veterans and uh, called veterans 11 uh, veterans uh 365 and the the, the your music uh, a lot of them suffer from ptsd uh, such as myself wow. and and uh but the connection to uh jiggy look up that third track i, I don't know if i can get out of this so, this is my first time stuff so I apologize. Sure, that's fine. No problem. <laughs> we 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 are trying
1: all sorts of new technology today, and uh, so, uh, so 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 we we've, we've got uh, we're going to be playing some of your music here in a few moments. Um, we've got yeah,
5: yeah, third track, would you, Jiggy? And then that way that way I can uh, that way I can uh, I can elaborate on what I was getting ready to say. But I feel a deep connection, and a lot of us vets feel a deep connection to the track. And I think it. Uh, it would behoove uh, to hear that because uh, it's a great song. And, uh, and the lyric, wow. lyrically, lyrically it is very beautiful. Uh,
1: what is, what can, he, it's can, e- it, can e- you?
4: It's either, it's, that, e- uh, it's either, <laughs> it's
1: either, it's either, I, I think it's Sucker. It is, is that it? Or Smile? Yeah,
5: very much so. That's
1: the
6: name, Sucker. It's, it's Sucker. Sucker. Yeah. Yes. yes. Actually, and I can tell you, you about that song, um, you. and I'm funny. not sure, and I'm not sure if, if, uh, it re- really, uh, it, it, you interpret it uh, h- how it is, but, you know, everyone interprets, you know, meanings for their own their own way. Uh, really, Sucker is about, uh, I went to, to China with my ex-wife, who was the former lead singer of Alice, Sweet Alice, and our marriage was on the rocks. She didn't want to go to China by herself, so I went with her. And when I was there, I felt like the loneliest person in a city of 10 million people. Oh, How yeah. many people there are in in, in Beijing, and uh, it was just it, it was quite a it was an incredible experience, and so that is what that song is about. It's about me, you know, realizing that I screwed up, and I'm the sucker, really. Um, right. And, and you know, so that was that was kind of just me kind of being open and honest with myself and my ex wife, and uh, you know, so it's not really it's not really a relationship song, rather than a song about self, uh, uh discovery and self healing. Right. Um, right. uh, so that's kind of, maybe, maybe you're getting that part uh, uh, from it.
5: Yeah, that's exactly, uh, see, because, you know, personally, I, I feel that, um, that I feel the same way, you know, that we may make bad choices, you know, PTSD has a lot of sub symptoms and everything, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you, do you do come back and you feel alone, you feel abandoned and everything. And so, you know, uh, just, you know, putting ourselves in that, in, in, and, and, and becoming the song, the lyrics of the song. And that it brings back, uh, these memories. And it's actually, it's actually kind of, uh, to, to for me, soothing, you know, because wow. you don't feel alone when, when, that, when, when I don't feel alone whenever I hear, hear the song, because, uh, you know, uh, there's a connection there, and and wow. and, well, and Chris, the,
6: that's such an honor for me to hear.
5: Yeah, uh, and so that really is. yeah, so and 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 a lot of the guys. I, in fact, I played it. I played it this morning, and I, up here at the Leavenworth VA in Leavenworth, Kansas, and uh, mm-hmm. and so there's there, and there's a lot of guys that are anxious to see this uh, interview, uh, and so and uh, well, so I just think um, we though. have.
6: Alice Sweet Alice has always supported veterans. We've played veterans' benefits. We have played um, uh, a few years ago. We played one um, one of the uh, one of the veterans' homes up here, and uh, we actually wrote a song about it. And it's on our website, Aliceweet Alice dot com. It's on uh-huh. our album called Ribbons and Stone. It's a song called Heroes. And okay. um, we some of the stories those veterans told us were just so incredible. We just, you know, we were inspired to write this song because, you know, we just appreciate the sacrifice not only veterans make, but their families make.
5: Yes, for this country.
6: People don't realize, you know, the extent of that. And then it's, you know, even if you get out of the service, you're always you're always there, especially if you have PTSD. It's something that, that's always with you. So right. I, it, it's, it's a lifelong commitment. It's not just a commitment of two years or four years. Right. You know, it's just right. something that never leaves you. So it's just I don't think people really realize the, the sacrifice that a lot of our veterans make. And we do, and so we appreciate that. And we will do anything, you know, to help support veterans. We will play benefits or anything like that. So if there's anything like awesome. that out there, please, you know. Awesome. I'll, get I'll hit,
5: we right. have a benefit coming up at Knucklehead Saloon in that uh, August okay. uh, 5th, and there's going to be an open jam uh, at the beginning uh, during the day. Uh, I'll, I'll we'll get you the hours for that, and and, and it's going yeah. to benefit uh, Cars for Heroes and Hundred uh, uh, Warrior Project, I believe it is. Don't quote me on the second Absolutely. one, but uh, definitely Cars for oh, okay. Hire, and uh, and then uh, Tiny Houses for uh, Veterans are are, are going to have a display there, and then uh, uh, we got some uh, uh, some bluesy stuff uh, artists that are going to be playing later on. But there's a lot of there's a lot of a couple of the vet- veterans here you know because uh some of the guys uh that are wanting to go attend that you know they're musicians and, and you know, they play really great you
1: know I, I... okay we are gonna try to get a hold of
2: the number you are calling from has been associated with high volume calling use
0: to continue
4: press four
5: one
1: it's a high ball column loose Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. High volume The number you callers. are calling from has been associated with high volume calling use. Yes. It, continue, it is. Press 8. We're not going to continue with nothing. I'm just going to... We're going to dial the f- number.
0: Guys.
2: The number you are calling from has been associated with
8: high volume calling use.
0: To continue, press 7-4. Seven, 7-4. Four.
1: Seven, four. You got to press it. Okay. to try this again. Cuz I've got a guest. I have got I've got to get to this guest. Thank you. You got to call Dr. Block. <laughs> Hello, And there's the doctor. How are you, sir? It's James Lowe calling you for your radio interview. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Let me uh, see if I can rope our co-host in here. Give me a couple seconds, and we'll see if she'll pick up her Skype. Uh, Dr. Cleet Bullock is uh, just going to join us here in just a few moments, and uh, we are hoping to also be joined by our co-host uh, as well. Hopefully she will... Uh, Hopefully, she'll pick up her Skype. And uh, uh, Dr. Bullock, uh, you have been quite busy, my friend. Um, yeah. Bring us up to speed on some of your latest projects and everything.
2: Well, uh, I've been doing a lot of these talk shows. i got a uh, TV uh, slot coming up uh, May 10th. But other than that, um, <clears throat> I'm down at the condo. <laughs> uh at Gulf Shores on the beach. Uh, just taking it easy today. Just,
1: just taking it easy. Well, uh, we have got uh, Dr. Cleet Bullock with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. He is a uh, fantastic, fantastic guest. We love having him on our broadcast from time to time. And uh, today's topic gouging hate in schools. And uh, he's a leading authority on educational policy. He's got a great book out there, Creating a Culture for High Performing Schools, a comprehensive approach to school reform and dropout prevention he's with us today to discuss how to curb students hateful behavior and meltdowns during the school he can also use his experience to give us helpful tips to teachers and parents on how to address the concerns of children and uh, we are also being joined by our co-host jay bird wells as well on our broadcast and uh, dr bullock first of all how can schools handle the concerns of their students and put their fears at ease
8: well,
2: there's uh, school culture and climate is the biggest problem. Uh, many schools do not have a good culture and climate, and kids don't like to go there. Teachers don't like to go there. <clears throat> um, contributing to the culture and climate, I'm going to have to go to another room because I got a contractor
1: in here. Not a problem. Not me, a problem. Right. <clears throat> Okay, let me go back. They, things are busy Hold out at the ranch there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the back end. Um... Well, why, 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 Dr. Bullock in, why, why Dr. Bullock is in transition, we'll tell you a little bit more about the good doctor here. He's got an experience, 40-plus years in public education, doctoral degree in social psychology and leadership. He's got experience in all phases of the classroom, principalship, superintendency. He's a certified professor in educational leadership, leading authority on educational policy, reform, and global competitiveness. He has two new books titled School Culture vis-a-vis Student Learning, Keys to Collaboration. Problem solving and responsibility in enhancing a school's culture and climate. New insights for improving schools. And Dr. Bullock with us today here on our big okay. broadcast. Yeah, I'm going to Jay, my jump in big, witty mouth, jump in there.
8: Jay. I am just like everybody else out there. Do you have kids? <laughs>
2: well, that's the biggest uh, the biggest problem uh, when you when you come to schools. In 2002, I got the contract to evaluate every school district in the state of West Virginia. <clears throat> it took me five months to do that, but my favorite question was, what do you like about school to the kids? Now, thousands of kids I interviewed in every district in the state, and they said the teachers. And I said, what don't you like about school? And they said the teachers. So when you, when you just said people who love kids, about half the Half the teachers in our schools don't love kids, yeah uh, they it's don't a job to they them. don't huh
8: it's a job to them it's yeah it's, it's and that's what
2: the kids told me. He said they said these teachers that we like, they care about us, they will talk to us, they want us to learn, they will do their best to help us get good grades, and then you've got these other teachers, all they care about is their job their paycheck, and they can't wait to, be, to retire. So that's what contributes to the culture and climate of the school. Now, um, who's your co-host? Um, Jay Bird what? Wells. Okay, Jane, good to meet you.
8: It's J-A-E.
1: J A E J J Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now uh now now do, Dr. Bullock, um what is some of the best ways to handle students' unease while teaching them basically about the United States election process? Give 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 us those details.
2: Uh run that by me again. Uh
1: what is the best way to handle students' unease while teaching them about the United States' election process?
2: <clears throat> well, all kids have five needs. They uh, Number one, they want to be free freedom from fear, anxiety, and stress. They want to be alive. Number two, they want to be happy. Moments of happiness. Number three, They want to have some control over what happens to them. The election process is a lot about control. If you give the kids control and they know that their their vote is going to be confidential and nothing's going to be, you know, recriminate against them, uh, then the election process becomes a good process. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. That's uh those are the three basic needs and then the fourth one is caring. Um, everybody wants to wants to have know that somebody cares about them. That's why the teachers, the kids said we like the teachers because they care about us. But half the teachers don't care. Well, they care about their job. Uh I think back on my uh days in school, I had one teacher. One teacher in my high school career that cared about me, all the rest of them treated me just like I was nothing, you know, just somebody in their classroom they didn't care about me and that's a sad and indictment
8: and even Go ahead. even even though that uh, public school is supposed to be um, separated from a religion, there's a lot of schools that still have teachers that Oh, kind of push their own religion on the students, and it it that's creates a, a a big um, um. It it doesn't make the children feel cared for because it feels like they're they're trying to change them and disrespect their parents. And that's very true. A, te- a teacher is supposed to like in, encourage them to be the best they can be, no matter what background belief system they're in.
2: That's very true. Um, one of my and I had to fire a teacher for that. I wrote him a letter and I said I don't want to hear any more uh, comments from parents about you talking about your religion in school. And the guy would not quit, and I was able to fire him for insubordination. But here's a uh, a tip that I, uh, a, a technique that I used in when I was a teacher. And it's in chapter two in book number one. It's called the Expectations Diagnosis. Uh, what you just said uh, about the, the different kinds of kids in school. You don't, when you walk into your classroom as a teacher, you look out there and you see black, you see white, you see rich, you see poor, you see Oriental, you see Latinos. All those kids out there. What do they expect of you as their teacher? Because they all come from different backgrounds, different religions. On my first day as a teacher, I would ask, what do you expect of me as your teacher? And even when I was a professor in graduate school, I gave all of my students three three-by-five cards, and I said, what do you guys expect of me as your teacher? And they looked at me like I'm crazy. You want us to tell you what we expect Because normally it's the other way around. The teacher tells the students what they expect. So I get all the cards, and because there's one expectation on each card, I sort them in the common piles, and I come up with the expectations of my students. And I go back to them, and I said, this is what you guys said you expected me, and I'm going to try to meet your expectations. Here's one expectation I don't think I can meet if there is one. And so I establish a relationship with my students with that technique. I show them that I care. I show them that I'm listening to them. I show them that I'm open with them. I show them that I trust them. So I begin this relationship. And that opens the door to a we atmosphere in our classroom. It's us together. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yes, Yay? Lord. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You 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 hit it right on the head there, Doctor Bullock.
8: I was yeah. sitting there and, and lost in the awe of somebody actually intelligent and uh, uh, respectful. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> see, you know, when you've got this mix of students today, uh, you have no idea what their expectations are, and the you establish, you know what. Students value and believe is the culture in that classroom. Their values and beliefs form the culture, which is going to determine how that group works together. When you ask this question, you get at their values and beliefs. You try to find out what the culture is, and now you can begin building the climate. The climate is built on top of the culture. So, and
1: that's how that works.
8: I like him. Can we keep him? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is, uh, Good morning. It is uh, Dr. Cleet Bullock with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. And uh, Dr. Bulak has 40-plus years in public education. He is uh, an amazing, amazing author. And uh, he's with us today here on our big program here on iHeartRadio and AMFM247.com. Now, um, Doctor, what are some of the underlying causes of school violence? You've been around uh, all sorts of schools. You've evaluated. Wait at all sorts of schools, break that down for me and Jay.
2: Well, you've got the five basic the five basic needs. When they are not met, violence can occur. So we went over um, freedom from fear, uh, la- uh, freedom from being bullied, freedom from anxiety and stress. As number one, number two was moments of happiness. Number three is control. Number four is caring. And number five is purpose. Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry, kids... but
8: all those needs are not being met in the public school system because, I mean, you've, you've got the basic school system set up trying to make boys into girls. Boys are more hands-on. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, uh, like, maybe a five-minute break. That's not enough time to go to the bathroom. So, I'm sorry, but it creates health problems when you don't let the kids go to the bathroom because, you know, then they're, like, get frustrated with their parents when, they're like, you can't sit on the toilet the whole day when you get home from school. It's like, well, I didn't go to the bathroom at school. And then, then you've got the whole problem with the school system where it's just long, drawn out, stuck behind a desk and it's not a lot of hands-on experience. You've got teachers and, and, and students both bullying the students. Uh, it, it's just, there needs to be a massive reform in the way that the public school system is. Not to mention that the, uh, the public uh, government shouldn't be in charge of the public school because of the conflict of interest.
2: What you say is true.
8: So I'm not just a big mouth, witty broad, but I actually speak the no, truth. No,
2: that's that's why I that's why I wrote the book, the books, the two I
8: need the, the book. two
2: books that are out there now. Um, the when I when I got to all these schools in West Virginia, I realized that about fifty percent of the kids don't like going to school. No, I said,
4: you know, Most I asked them, them for boys. their
2: purpose. I said, why do you? Why do you go to school? And they said, well, we have to. I said, you don't have any other reason for going to school? No, we don't like school. If we didn't have to go, we wouldn't go. The sad thing is a lot of teachers don't like the school either. That's why in in years three to five, many teachers quit. After how many years of training and uh, on-the-job training, three to five years, teachers quit. Twenty-five percent of the teachers quit. And that's that. and I thought to myself I've got to write a book that will develop a school where kids like to go to school where teachers like to teach so okay, that's what's why the, I wrote
8: what's the name of that's the book? why
2: I wrote the huh
8: what's the name of the book so I can stock it
2: oh school culture and climate vis-a-vis uh, student learning that's the the latest book 1 and then the book 2 is Enhancing school culture and climate, um, <clears throat> the uh, biggest problem we've got is uh, discipline. student discipline is the biggest factor determining what kind of culture and climate. Now you go into some schools and student student behavior is awful. Teachers have to stop teaching uh, up to a hundred times a week. To correct student misbehavior that has to change then the the five basic needs of kids and teachers are not being met many kids go to school with no purpose believing the teacher doesn't care they have no control they are told what to study they're told what the rules are and they're not happy and many of them fear are afraid that somebody's going to harm them or hurt them or say something mean to them now, how's that kid going to learn? So you've got that. And then you've got the way power is used to control. There, do you know There are nine forms of power uh um james and we've talked about that on previous shows about yes
1: yes nine yeah. nine uh, tell, forms tell of us power. tell us a little bit about those because i i don't think jay's uh up to speed on those uh bring those up to oh, bring us up to speed on uh, those Jay, there are
2: five forms of power that give kids
1: control that give
2: people control any leader or parent out there listening should be using the five freeing forms of power Then there are four controlling forms of power which are overused in most schools and overused by parents a lot. When you overuse, when you try to control somebody, you oftentimes get resistance. And when you get resistance, you tighten down on the controls, which gets more resistance. And then you tighten down some more. And pretty soon you've got a rebellion on your hand with your kids in the classroom. Uh, The crazy thing is, if you're the leader... The secret to leadership is to give control using the five freeing forms of power. And when those don't work, you must take control back. If you're the leader, you give control to people, but you cannot give it up. Once you give up control, you lose your leadership. So here's how that goes. Information, which we're doing right now, is power, right? People listen to this and they say, wow, I never thought about that. I'm going to have to do that. So we give control with information, and the people hear it, and they like it, and they do it. So that's a form of power. That's a form of control, but you're giving it. Expertise, you demonstrate how to do something. That's what teachers do every day. And if they do it properly, the kids will see it, and they'll say, yeah, I can do that. And they take their homework and go home and they do it. And then there's personality, and I know uh, James uses his personality a lot. He's a very likable person.
8: Sometimes. So, when,
2: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but if people like you, all you got to do is ask them to do something, and they will do it, right?
8: Mm, not necessarily, no,
2: but go on. I want to well, see
8: where this is going.
2: Lots lots of times. That's what many teachers do. They get the kids to like them, and all they got to do is ask them, and they do it. Then you get,
8: uh, um, yeah, I I can see that now. My daughter's teacher's like that. I've got some teachers for my sons that they say they're the worst teacher in the entire school. (laughs)
2: Um, Then you come to ego power. You stroke somebody's ego like, uh, hey, you did a great job with that uh, last time. How about giving me a hand? They'll say, oh, okay, I'll help you. So you stroke somebody's ego and they agree to do it. That's a freeing form of power, right? You agree with that, Jay? Yes, sir. Okay. Then you get moral power. Moral power is the best form of power. Once everybody agrees on what is the right thing to do, when it doesn't happen, you remind them, hey, you didn't do that. They say, oh, yeah, I forgot. So moral power, many parents, have rules at their house but the rules are not written and the kids may not know what the rules are they have to guess at what they are from habit from the way things work there but if you had if everybody agreed on what the rules were then moral power would be in place you could say you know what the rule is on that they say yeah yeah i know i'll do it And that's a freeing form of power. Those are the five freeing forms. Information, expertise, personality, ego, and moral power. Once the rules are in place... Go ahead.
8: Oh, I was just going to say, I noticed more rules in place than the private school I went to. But when I went to the public school, it was like, uh, basically, do whatever you want. There was no rules.
2: One of the things I always did as a teacher... I, after I did my expectations diagnosis, what do you expect of me as your teacher? I said, "What do you want the rules to be in this classroom?" And they look at me like I was crazy. You want us to tell you what the rules are? I yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you three three by five cards. I write one rule on each card. So I would get all the rules, put them in the common files, and I put them up on the board the rules that they had set, and if there was one that I wanted that they didn't put in, I just put it in. The rule that they normally did not put in was turn your homework in on time. So I would put it in. But when the rules went up, they would all sit there and look. Oh, I wrote that rule. There's my rule. There's my rule. And all around the classroom, the kids would look up there and they would see their rules. Now, moral power... Is now in place because they, it's their rules. When a rule is broken, whose rule is broken?
8: One of theirs.
2: Theirs. What's the teacher doing? The teacher is working for them. The teacher is a servant leader. That's the theme throughout the book, servant leadership. People working for mothers. You must excuse the noise. I've got a contractor working here.
1: Not a problem. Uh,
2: Not a problem. I'm sorry about I'm- that.
8: Having a hard time finding your book on Amazon.
2: Uh, it put in Buellach school culture and climate.
1: And how do you? And it I'm B, sorry. How do you B, spell Buellach? B U L A C H. Cleat Buellach with us today. B U L A C H. Okay. Now, do, do, Dr. Bullock, this this uh, we've got a great conversation here with uh, Dr. Bullock. We've got about ten more minutes left to go uh, here with with our with our segment here. Um, how can we identify some of these students who are likely to become school shooters? I know that you probably get asked this constantly, but uh, I, I know there's a lot of folks that want to know this. Know the answer to this well, question. Well,
2: there's an easy way to, easy way to do that. It's so simple. Uh, and it's been going on. The technique has, was developed 50 years ago. It's called the sociogram. Uh, you can get on the web and look that up. And I described that in book two. Um, you ask the kids, if you were going to have a birthday, who would you invite? And you, you give them three three by five cards or five, whatever. Uh, however many you want, but normally three will work and you say, put the names of who you'd invite one name on each card. So you get all the cards back from the kids in your classroom and you sort them in the common piles and lo and behold, you find that there is a kid who has not been invited. Nobody has invited this one kid. That's what I call an isolate. That's a kid whose needs are not being met. The kid has no purpose. Nobody in that classroom cares about them. Uh, the kid has no control because nobody likes him, her. And the kid is probably fearing for their safety, has a lot of anxiety and stress. That's a kid who is a potential for violence. That kid has to do something to to. Get these needs met because right now none of the needs are being met. Okay, so what does the kid do? The kid can grab a gun, go back to school, with the gun, the finger on that trigger, they've got control. They've got a purpose. They're getting some needs met. They can do a lot of other things too, one of which is suicide. Uh, A kid whose needs are not being met is very despondent, very depressed. They're going to do something to get these needs met. Suicide is another way. Another way is alcohol. Another way is drugs. Another way is join a gang, which is why gangs are so prevalent in our society. Uh, gangs help people get their needs met. The gang gives them a purpose. The gang members care about each other. The gang gives them control. Um, there are moments of happiness there probably. And there's a feeling of safety within the gang. Does that make any sense?
8: It does. I want to challenge you to have the uh, students write another question. Who will my parents not let me invite? Uh huh. That's a good one. You know, one of the other, for example. We The book Romeo and Juliet was written basically, uh, you know, about real life. And that's what we got going on here where my uh, neighbors are absolutely hateful and their daughter is my daughter's best friend. So my daughter's best friend would invite her, but her parents wouldn't let her invite her. Uh-huh. So I want to challenge you to write that in your next book.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, I have uh, Chapter 5 in Book 1 deals with parents. And that's one of the other reasons for a poor school culture and climate. The way I asked teachers, what do you like about your school and what don't you like about your school? And you know what the answer was? The parents. And they said they like it. We, they like the parents. And I, and I said, "What well, don't you like? And they said, the parents. Yeah. And I said, well, tell me about that. And it fits in with what you just said. They said, well, some parents will do anything we ask them to do, and then we've got these other ones. They, they don't like us. They don't respect us. They undo everything we try to do with their kids. If we try to teach them a good behavior, when they go home, the parents undo it. So how do you get the parents in Chapter 5, I describe a character ed program that involves the parents because you cannot change the behavior of kids, and, and that's one of the problems in schools: student misbehavior. You cannot improve their behavior if you don't improve the behavior of the parents. Well, how do you do that? You do it with a character ed program. You focus on one character trait a year, and I suggest courtesy as the first character trait to work on. You go to all the kids and you say, we're going to work on courtesy this year. If people were courteous to you, what would you want them to do or say? You can't write yes, sir, no, sir, or thank you. And they say, you want us to tell you what courtesy means? And they say, yeah, we want to know what you think it is. Because many people don't don't think about courtesy and, and what behaviors bring, constitute it. So you get these behaviors back from the kids and then you go to the teacher's and the cooks and the custodians and the secretary, everybody in the school. We're going to focus on courtesy. If people were courteous to you at this school, what would you want them to do or say? Then when you have the parent open house, you go to the parents. You say, we're going to focus on courtesy this year. What would you want them to do or say? And you come up with this list of behaviors from the parents, from the cooks, from all the school personnel, from all the kids. And then you go to the chamber of commerce or to your business partners, and you say, we're going to focus on courtesy here. This year, what would you want people to do or say? And you get this list of behaviors, roughly ten. And in my book, I give the list of behaviors for currency. And there is a, a character survey in the book that measures ninety-six behaviors on sixteen character traits. The survey is free. It's in book two. I don't know book two, book one. Um, <clears throat> on this list goes up in every classroom it goes on every refrigerator it goes in every business every post office every church in the community and everybody for one year focuses on being courteous to each other
1: wow don't
2: you think there don't you think that would change the behavior of how people treat each other in that community
1: yes well in yeah,
2: that school
8: you know i would love That's- to volunteer for my school but you know um they well, some of the parents are not very courteous
2: no but they they don't know that because nobody has thought about the behaviors <clears throat> but when you when you put them on a list and post them everywhere all of a sudden people are aware oh and when they're not courteous somebody will say hey you're not you're not doing that take a look at the list of courtesy you're not doing it and they're reminded of that. And in the home, <clears throat> when mom is not courteous to dad, the kids are going to call mom. Vice versa, when the kids are not courteous to each other, mom and dad can call them. Because now, you you put moral power in place. What is the right thing to do on courtesy? <clears throat> then next year, I like self respect as a trait for the year. It gets that grooming. It gets that dress. It gets at cussing. It gets at sex. It gets at alcohol. And on with, if you were a, a person who respected yourself, what would you do? You come up with this list of do's and don'ts. <clears throat> in the following year, you go to responsibility. And another year, you might go to cur- um, cooperation. So you, you've got w- what we've got right now in many states, starting in the 90s. The states mandated character education to be taught in all schools because they knew that student misbehavior was a problem. Well, in the state of Georgia, there are 28 character traits that are taught. If you go into any school, you won't see any vestige of that being taught because the kids are tired of it, teachers are tired of it, they did it every year, year in and year out, and they're tired of it. But when you go to one trait a year and you hammer it, you can involve the parents. You can involve the community. And every year you've got a different trait. So you hammer a trait, and people don't get tired of it. It takes no curriculum at all. There are no books. There's nothing to read or write. It's all about behavior. Does that make any sense?
8: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it does. I I want the book. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to sit here and share it with all 13,000 Facebook friends.
1: We've got... Uh, well, my, ne- go, my ne- go ahead, Dr. project
2: is to, is to do a video on this Character Ed project. Um, and I, I'm going to try to get it out and get it on TV somewhere. Fantastic. Uh, somebody needs to do something about the behavior of parents, Jay. And I agree with exactly what you said. The behavior of some parents is abominable. And the way the role but At models, the same are. time,
8: I don't think that we should sit there and give the kids to the state either. You do don't you? think
2: we should do what?
8: I don't think just because of the some of the parents are abominable, that doesn't mean that the state should sit there and own all the kids and the parents shouldn't uh raise kids at all.
2: Well I agree with that. <coughs> uh, but something has to be done. Uh, <clears throat> to improve the behavior of the adults in our communities and you've got all of these immigrants coming in who have a, an entirely different moral uh, set of set of moral code than exists in our culture and we're doing nothing to assimilate them into our society <clears throat> you mean is, they
8: have to learn how to sit there and flush the toilet when they're done <laughs> you mean they need to pick up trash and wash their hands?
5: <laughs>
2: okay. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I just think the way character education is being taught in our schools is a total waste. I've got, it. I have, there, I've been the external evaluator for over eight years on character ed projects. And in years one or two of the project, behavior improves. On years three, it begins to go back to where it was in year four. It's just as bad as it was in year one, before the project got in place. So the current character ed programs don't work. The current character ed curriculums do not work.
1: So, Well, well Dr. Bullock, we have uh, <clears throat> officially run out of time, my friend. I, I appreciate you making time for us today, and uh, thanks for being with us today, Doctor. And hey, send Jiggy a... a book for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> well send well... me
2: an email. Send me an email and I'll send you a copy.
1: I, oh, I, will, I will I will, will send that. I will make sure you guys get connected and we will get that figured out. Well, uh, we're going to take okay. a break and we'll be back with more. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Dr. Bullock. And uh, we'll be back here in a few moments here on our world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border. Tune in. Hi, Tits. Radio loyalty. Stitch here in the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. We got more coming up.